0: there's a link in the show notes, or if you're an Instagram user, just message me, Three Steps. That's the number three, S-T-E-P-S, and I'll send you that link. Let today be the day you get started.
1: I thought, what are we going to do with this 11,000 square foot building? And I got this crazy idea for a quilting retreat. And so my husband loved it too, and so we took off in that direction, and then One day he came home with this whole piles of fabric. He bought out a whole estate sale and said, here's some fabric you can start a store.
0: (laughs) Welcome to Measure Twice, Cut Once, the podcast where we hear quilters and other crafters stories and draw encouragement and even life lessons from them. Today's guest is PJ Jacobson. I'm your host, Susan Smith, and I'm coming to you from my quilting studio, Stitched by Susan. This is where my long arm, Lucy, and I spend lots of hours doing freehand, edge-to-edge quilting. And if you're not a quilter and those terms mean nothing to you, it's basically doodling on the surface of a quilt with a 50-pound writing utensil with needle and thread attached at high speed. And if you are a machine quilter, I invite you to tune in to the live and unscripted events that I host on my YouTube channel, also called Stitched by Susan. They're on the first and third Friday of every month, and they are usually one project from start to finish in real time, and they're streamed live, so they're interactive, meaning you can ask questions and get answers about a project while I'm working on it. So I invite you to join me there again the first and third Friday of every month. The quilting community, as I'm sure you already know, is so diverse, so colorful, and supportive. So I invite you to listen in as we meet a new quilter each week and hear their stories. Today's Pins and Needles is brought to you by The Will and Dave Show. Hi, I'm the Will half of The Will and Dave Show. A short little podcast that myself and the eponymous Dave like to record talking about the things that really matter to us, whether that's social, political, or pop culture. Usually we don't see eye to eye, but more often than not, we can find some common ground in there somewhere. And now, back to pins and needles with a quick tip for all you sharp quilters out there. My guest today hosts a quilting retreat center, so I thought it would be fun to talk about things to take to retreat that you maybe haven't thought of. I think your projects and even most of your equipment are kind of a no-brainer. You know what you need there. But here's a few things I've learned kind of the hard way. One is extension cords because you just never know when you might need to shift your equipment around and need a longer cord than is provided. Another is really, really good lighting. So critical because you're often working late into the night or if you're like me, very early in the morning. And those good lights are super helpful. Also, fuzzy socks. Retreats tend to have at least one pajama day, but your feet often get cold, so fuzzy socks are a must. Also, bring your sense of humor. Again, you get a bunch of usually ladies quilting in a room together, and it can get pretty silly. So take your sense of humor along. And lastly, take plenty of pictures. You'll want to remember all these moments. You know I love my coffee. In fact, I've got a fresh pot brewing right now. If you are interested in supporting this podcast, you can go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash stitched by Susan. There for the price of one delicious coffee, you are able to make a one-time contribution or sign up for a monthly one if you so desire. Thank you so much for your support. I really appreciate it. And maybe take a moment now to refill your cup as you settle back to enjoy today's interview. My guest is PJ Jacobson, and she is a quilter with a story. Well, lots of stories, really. She's been in a lot of places in her life. But some years back, a massive medical emergency resulted in a complete start over for she and her husband. So they purchased an abandoned church from eBay because it was cheap and they set out to build a home for their family and then a quilting retreat with their own hands. So these days the Crazy Quilter Retreat Center is in Central Washington State. It hosts up to 20 crafters and it has all kinds of lovely amenities and all the years in between have some great stories that PJ is going to tell us today. PJ I am so excited to have you with me today. Thank you I'm thrilled to be here. It's so fun to talk about quilting. It always is. And for you listeners, PJ and I do know each other in real life. We happen to be members of the same machine quilting guild, but we don't live in the same city. So our paths have crossed here and there over the years. But I'm really excited to hear about your quilting journey. So so what kind of opened the doors of quilting or crafting to you? Something you've always done? Something you learned from your mother? Well, I've sewn all my life,
1: but <clears throat> didn't get to quilting until just um, 20 years ago or so when I picked up my first book of 101 potholders and I started making potholders for everybody for for birthday presents. Something I could make quickly gave me something to practice, something small so I could practice putting colors together and patterns. And I realized I could make two blocks as fast as one just about. So I made one and finished it and gave it to the person for a potholder. And then I kept one. So now I have a whole stack of pot um, squares and it's going to be a really scrappy friendship quilt. And so someday I'll get my first quilt finished.
0: (laughs) I just Um, love that. That is is a new take that I have never heard on, on a friendship quilt, having little blocks to remember your friends by. And I'm curious, have you have you thought of a way to label them? Or is this just all in your memory in your memory? Sorry, which, um, which block goes to which friend, you know,
1: I've written it all down. So I have it, I'll probably label it somehow so I can remember everybody. So but it's, it's just fun.
0: I I just love that idea. Like, I have scrappy quilts where I can point to the different fabrics and say, you know, oh, that was my mother's apron, and I remember having that dress. But you're going to have, like, all these blocks that will bring back memories and stories of your friends. I love it. So you you and I both live in the state of Washington. You're kind of in the center of the state. Is that where you grew up, or is that a relocation, or what's the story there?
1: Yeah, it's a crazy story, because... We were in Seattle, and I woke up one morning and feeling numb and tingly down my hands and my feet. And by that night, I was on full life support in the hospital, and I couldn't even breathe. I was totally paralyzed from head oh my to toe. Goodness. And it was Guillain-Barre, and just from a common cold, and it was just a, quite a surprise. And we didn't have insurance at the time and so it was the hospital said they would work with us but they didn't really and so we ended up losing everything we needed a cheap place so we found this old church on ebay and bid on it and they were just wonderful to work with us and give it to us and we had just enough to what you get out of your house in a bankruptcy and (laughs) to buy this and had a couple thousand to move on so that's how we ended up in lind it's in the middle of nowhere but on the way to everywhere i like to say because
0: there's it's i have to ask the question have you ever Mm -hmm. read the cat who books that I ringing a bell. Okay, well, I uh, won't go too far down that rabbit trail, but there's a whole series of books. The author is Lillian Jackson Braun. And the town uh, in the story is called Pickaxe, and it's 400 miles north of everywhere. It sounds like you live in the same <laughs> town. <laughs> yeah, that's that what it's like. I just love that. Okay but I, so I've loved
1: being in a little town. It's it's very different than what I would have been in Seattle. I've gotten to be on town council and president of the chamber of commerce. I've been an EMT here. Done all these things I would have never done in Seattle. So it's been good. I love that.
0: So we we didn't go back earlier, but I think you you've lived in a lot of places not just in the inland northwest, am I right?
1: Yeah, I started off in Kabul, Afghanistan. Oh where my goodness. My had jobs teaching for the Afghan government there was quite a group of Americans there um, all friends my mother was a midwife and she delivered all the American babies and I I came back when I was three they were there for nine years and since then my sisters had a had a school there um, but and we've had Kabul reunions with our Afghan friends all the time. But then I moved to, went to University of Houston. I went to Oral Roberts University. I went to Brigham Young University, where I met my husband. And then after a few years, we moved up to Seattle, so. Okay. Yeah.
0: Wow, you you have certainly been a lot of places. But I do indeed love your stories of the small town of Lind, Washington. And you have definitely carved out a little niche there. Because these days you have a quilting retreat center.
1: Yeah. Tell us about we, like that. Like I said, we found this building. So we've been, it took 10 years to redo it all. Because every Friday night when my husband came back from Seattle, we would meet at Home Depot or Lowe's and buy stuff and work all weekend together on the on the house. And so as my last three boys were leaving um, the nest, I thought, what are we going to do with this 11,000 square foot building? And I got this crazy idea for a quilting retreat. And so my husband loved it too. And so we took off in that direction. And then one day he came home with this whole piles of fabric. He bought out a whole estate sale and said, here's some fabric. You can start a store. (laughs) Just a suggestion. (laughs) And so I started with my scraps. I called them my gems as opposed to my husband's gems he makes all the jewelry and and things with his gems but my fabric gems that's I started on a real shoestring but we have lots and lots of fabric now and it is so fun to buy and and put together and things but anyway so the retreat we um just started doing retreats in the fall of 2014 and now I'm packed. And it's wonderful.
0: I saw Um, that I was scrolling through your calendar today. And it looks like the whole summer way into the fall, every weekend is full. And I'm curious, Mm -hmm. are these are these just like informal groups of of sewers that come to sew together? Or are some of these like scheduled with the teacher or presenter? Or what does that look like? Or is there a bit of everything?
1: Yeah, most of them are their own little groups. And they rent the, the facility and there's no minimums, I've had down to two people. Um, but there, I have beds up to 20, so we can take a big group or, or a little one. I just do it um, by the person. You don't have to buy the whole facility, which makes it really uh, expensive if you don't have enough people. Um, and so I do it a hosted retreat a couple times a year, where the hosted one this year is going to be on Quiltworks um, oh, okay. in June. So we have a, a certified instructor coming, four nights and five days of sewing, and all your food's included, and the you know beds and linens, everything is all included for five twenty five, which is a, a really good
0: price for. It sure is. Um, so all yeah, of you listeners, take note: this is in Lynn Washington, and. You know, you say that it's in the middle of nowhere, but in fact, we live in a beautiful state and there's lots and lots of things to see and do. And that is just, it's just an incredible getaway time. I know I'm a member of a small group that does annual retreats and it is surely a time of refreshing. And I think every human needs that time to step back a oh, little bit from their yes. life. And you, you have a beautiful facility for doing that. Thank you. Especially women. We need that time.
1: And it is such a joy to be able to provide a place for them to come and enjoy yeah. um, and take it easy. I do all the dishes. They really oh get my. to relax. And, That's and pampering right there.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, So I'm curious, what are some of your best tips for what to bring to a retreat? Like what are the things that maybe we wouldn't think of, the non-obvious things to bring to a retreat?
1: Hmm. I've tried to provide everything that, so everybody doesn't have to lug everything that so many places they go they say they have to bring their chairs and all this so i've got great lighting good chairs very nice your electrics all in front of you you don't need extension cords you don't need a lot of things um mainly just bring a sharp blade <laughs> your own yeah, cutter spare
0: blades yeah yeah
1: yeah <laughs> yeah i've got the cutting stations, different heights for different height people. And um, I've tried lots of rulers and things. So I've tried to provide as much as I possibly can.
0: That's awesome. Um, The place where I've gone with with my friends, and we've gone to a few different ones, but typically they're not quilting retreat centers necessarily, they might just Mm -hmm. be a lakeside cabin, right? So we're (laughs) faced with thinking of all the things and you hit on a bunch of them, extension cords, you know, um, different heights of tables, those sorts of things. We always think too, that it's critical to bring along more projects than you think you need, just because you might wake up, you know, on the PJ day, not your name, PJ, but the pajama day and think, yeah. oh, I don't feel like doing that when I was working on yesterday. So bring yourself options because a retreat is not about the have tos, is it? It's about the yeah. get tos. Enjoy.
1: And if you run out, I've got a whole shop full of wonderful <laughs> projects. <laughs> I thought so. you were
0: going to say, I've got a whole <laughs> lot of works in progress you can finish.
1: No, you can come and pick a new one and, and get going on it right away. We've got full supply store. So That's
0: awesome to have that handy. Block and a half way. Yeah. And we always said, too, that another important thing to take, especially to a ladies' retreat, is your sense of humor. There's just, yes. <laughs> there's nothing like the giggles of a bunch of women who are laughing over things that are not oh. even all that funny. But, you know, when you're just relaxing totally, it can be such such a good time. Yeah. We need that,
1: and we love listening to lots of laughter. And my husband especially comments, and when they're having a good time,
0: sounds like fun. Probably want to join. And you in. can bring your wine and whatever you want too. <laughs> How nice! So yeah. I'm curious, in your personal um, quilting projects, what's something that you that you're working on now, or that you've recently completed? Oh, I'm trying to keep
1: up with grandkids. I make them each a quilt that they get to pick the the fabric and when they turn 8 it's kind of a big year for us in our lives and so I make them all a quilt at 8 years old. And I'll probably do another one when they graduate or get married. I haven't don't have any that old yet. So so I'm How many grandkids do you have, PJ? got 13, oh so that's enough to keep well, that, that's busy. That's quite a few quilts. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yes. <Yeah.
1: laughs> so I've got two this year. I'm just finishing those. So, so what,
0: what do the 8-year-olds want in a quilt? What appeals to an 8-year-old? Well, the last one just asked
1: for a, something with cats. We went through lots of cat fabric,
0: and I finally found one he liked, so... We did up cats. <laughs> how nice. Um, so are any of them showing any interest in the process, like wanting to learn how to sew as well?
1: I just have one. And she comes with her mother to social sew, which is an open day. every. I do one every month. Um, it's open to the anybody who wants to come. I serve a free soup lunch. Most people bring something to share for the meal. And we just have a good time during the day. Um but that one comes regularly with her mom and and she sits on my lap and we make pillowcases and how nice i press the gas and she makes it go so that's great how old is she she's only 6 so she's how nice starting Do you know, young, but she's doing i good.
0: can remember wanting to learn how to sew when i was a very small girl and my mom was you know hesitant i don't know why but she was just hesitant to Maybe she was busy. I'm the seventh child in my family. Oh, so maybe she was busy, let's face it. Yeah. Anyway, in my memory, my mom was yeah. reluctant. And I was like, I want to learn. I want to learn. Yeah. So yeah, I remember learning,
1: small. wanting to sew. And I kept trying things and they just didn't turn out. And it was so discouraging. And and I got to college and my I had a few majors. Um, my last major was family resource management, a fancy name for a home ec degree. But um, you had to take a few sewing courses. And things suddenly started working. And And I realized it wasn't me that couldn't sew. It was my sewing machine.
0: Oh, my really? My mom
1: had a really lousy singer machine. And when I got to the Berninas, everything just worked really well so i fell in love with the sewing and i te- took several more sewing classes and i came just as close to a clothing and textiles major as as my home ec degree so um still have don't have a degree i have five full years of college but i just had too much fun going to school and learning that was my <laughs> potential <main> student
0: <laughs> Yeah, interesting I love that. Okay, so we were starting to talk about favorites and we went down the the grandchild um trail. I just I know that you make beautifully colored quilts because I've seen some of your quilts at our guild show and tell. And I'm thinking of one that you made for your husband. What's the story behind that one fairly recently?
1: Yeah, he fell in love with this one line. I he I'd never seen him get so excited about a line of fabric before, so I knew that was the right one. It was the Hooked on Fish by Ann Lauer, and I just love her colors and her swirls and everything. So I made a whole king size quilt for his bed at his office. He has an apartment in Seattle because he drives four hours to work and keeps stays there during the week. And so we. Um, and he's we a fisherman, something. is that right? He he was oh, he was okay. a commercial fisherman. If you saw Deadliest Catch, that's what he did for twenty eight years. We finally got him to stay home, but he now organizes and runs a lot of the crab industry. So um, <clears throat> this way he has a little something to cuddle with when I'm not there to cuddle. So How nice.
0: How <laughs> yeah. nice. So we we were chatting off air. I always like to know kind of what what my guest style is in quilts. Like some are so drawn toward the bold, the colorful. Others are drawn toward the soft, the calico, the pastel. Where do your tastes lie? Somewhere in the middle, all of the above? I think it's all of the above. I love to learn new techniques, try
1: different things, try different colors. I don't do a terribly lot of modern, modern things, but I still enjoy them. Um, But The brighter colors I tend to lean towards. um, I probably, Jason Yenter from in the beginning is probably my very favorite um, designer. And he's semi-local too, so we're quite
0: proud of him. Yeah,
1: he's in Seattle. (laughs) And I had a store, my baby store was just a couple blocks away from their, their store in Seattle when they had the,
0: the full in the beginning store. Oh, I bet that was a bit and, of a temptation on lunch hour.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I wasn't sewing as much then. But um, yeah, the six kids kept me kind of busy and, and had a couple stores to keep track of too. So oh,
0: that's awesome. Yeah. So do you do kind of all the elements of quilt making, PJ? Like I know in your, in your, is in your store or your retreat center, you have a long arm and you do long arming as a service as well. So do you do all the aspects? You have a fabric shop, you piece quilts um, and you (laughs) long arm, right?
1: I do. I love to do every bit of it. And that's where my kids' wedding quilts, I waited until I could get my long arm and I did them. I wanted to do them all myself. And so And I love to teach other women to do it, so I rent it, my machine, very um, reasonably priced. And I do all the technical aspects, so they don't have to worry about learning that or remembering it. They don't remember it after those classes anyway, so and I take care of all And by technical things, that. you
0: mean, you know, oiling or timing mm-hmm. or those sorts the, of things? Yeah,
1: the threading, the rolling, okay. making sure your patterns are just right. So I take care of all oh, that. I see, Okay, and then they can just drive it and have fun. I have lots of pantographs that you know, women can usually follow a line with a a red um, laser light is how that that works. And so I line everything up for them and they just drive it, and then I you know just take care of. It. And then I can keep track of my machine too, and not have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. and so, but then I do it for people too, so they I do a combination.
0: I think. PJ, you're going a really, you're making a huge effort to promote the art of quilting. And just all these stories, I'm hearing this in your heart, just your love of sharing what you know and your facility and helping others in their journey. What a great um, story that is.
1: That uh, is fun.
0: It's,
1: it it's is so really rewarding, nice isn't it? It is.
0: It's, yeah. it's, and having the facility to, to make people happy. Yeah, you it's have certainly made the most ever. of that. <laughs> yeah. So before we go, I always ask my guests if they have a little nugget of wisdom that they want to leave with our listeners. It can be about life in general. It can be about crafting or quilting specifically. Totally up to you. A little something you'd like to leave with us.
1: Probably what has kept my life going, my marriage, my crazy schedules, everything is being flexible. Mm -hmm. Um, Being married to a fisherman You've got to be flexible We've picked the two worst um, professions I'm also midwife And midwives and fishermen Have the worst record of marriage Interesting We've made it 43 years Just great Because we stay flexible And I'm just not being disappointed If something crazy happens We just make the most out of it and you just do what you need to do and don't get upset you just figure out a way to work through
0: it and and stay flexible
1: i appreciate that point.
0: viewpoint because life inevitably has corners you know has ravines that you've got to get through it just does yes and the happy people are those that um, can find happiness within that yeah, your story is remarkable thank you so much for taking the time to share with us Oh, thank you for asking I hope to see everybody at the retreat right and I will be sure to link to your website and your retreat center in our show notes so that our listeners can find you thanks again okay. for spending time with me today thank you and thank you listeners for tuning into the show if you enjoyed this episode, would you consider leaving a rating and a review wherever you listen to fine podcasts? And if you have friends that you think would enjoy these stories, please share this episode with them as well. It really helps other listeners to find the show. I would also love to hear from listeners who'd like to nominate a crafter with a story to tell. So if you know such a person, or if you are one, email me at info at com. So until next time... May your sorrows be patched and your joys be quilted. Recording.